Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are, right across wherever. You might be listening. We know that you're definitely not listening outside of the country. You know why we know that? How do we know that? Because this is the delayed broadcast. Oh. Oh, I haven't introduced you yet either. Hi. Okay, so this is my friend Gemma. We are doing the you, the youth takeover Yoo-hoo. of Faith of M, of course. Lyle and Mon are away. They are off in Africa. I'll be heading there soon, but uh, me and Gemma are filling in for today. We're going to have some different hosts coming through a bit sporadically over the next week before I be head fun. off. Um, before we get to do radio overseas. But Gemma... So mm. stoked to hear. So glad to hear. It's fun. Awesome. Let me just ask you a question, just real quick. What do you do with yourself? What do I do with myself? Yeah. I am studying. Oh, what are you studying? I am at Avondale College studying a degree in theology. You! Yeah, the theology. So you want to be a pastor? We'll see. Okay, we'll see how <laughs> that goes. But, okay, that's so that's so good. We love having Gemma here. We love that she's helping us out. Um, Gemma, what are you thankful for this morning? I am thankful for my friends. I had some people over nice. for dinner last night, played some card games, played some board games, mm. home-cooked meal. It was a really Ooh. good time. That's so good. Partying it up on a Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah the Thursday yeah. parties. I am, look, what am I super, great, super grateful for? I'm really grateful that my passport just came through, which is awesome going for, for Ethiopia. So exciting. Um, my sister just got engaged. Yeah. That's really exciting. Shout out, Mads. Uh, and the other thing that I'm really, really excited for, that I'm really thankful for is that RTM is having its grand opening um, tomorrow. So that will be on Saturday. Of course, we don't know when you're listening to this. This is the delayed broadcast. You might be listening to this in a week's time, a week after we record this. This is a, you know, the, the, the wibbly wobbly time. We don't know. Maybe we're, in, you know, we're talking to you from the future or the, or the past. That's tripping. Man, this is, I'm like tripping out. But of course, yes, this is the delayed broadcast. Um, we have some amazing things coming up in our show. Uh, firstly, we have an interview with Donna Horn from Stones of Eden. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, amazing band that we've been playing on Faith FM out of Newcastle. Uh, we're going to be talking about... I'm going to be talking about some conspiracy theories. Yes. Um, MH370 tinfoil hat. Where did the plane go? <laughs> um, we're also in an encounter with God section. We're going to be talking about the Antichrist. And we're going to be... Uh, Lyle's kind of put me on the spot here, me answering the question or, or explaining why we believe the Antichrist is the Antichrist. And the most important thing Gemma is going to be talking about is that it is National Serial Day yes, today. It is. Uh, but it's probably not for you because it's a delayed broadcast. But anyways, tune in. Uh, we have more coming up right after this. Where are you now when darkness is to end?
back to Faith FM. Of course, you're listening right across Australia, right across the world. We are continuing on with our youth, ta- youth, youth, <laughs> youth takeover of Faith FM while Lyle and Mon are away. I'm sitting here with Gemma. You. We've come to the time where we have the first clue for the quiz. So, Gemma. Tell us, what kind of quiz is this? Are you ready? Yes. This is a what am I? What am I quiz. All right, first clue. All right, first clue is Saul's army saw this on the ground. As they entered the woods, it was oozing out. What am I? All right, he's scribbling. Oh, yeah. He's thinking. Is it this? Oh, man, this one was too easy for it you. Was, it, it was, was this that. you. you <laughs> All right, so I know the answer already. You guys might not know the answer, but if you do know the answer to this, um, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call, answer correctly, and you will get a prize completely for free. All you have to do is know the answer to that question. What was it? It was Saul saw this oozing out of the ground. Yep. Saul and his army. Yep. As they're entering the forest. Yep. Oh, you've got it. Okay, sweet. Gemma, what's going on? What's positive? Positive good news. Tell us some things that are going on. What did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> awesome. Come on, first meal of the day. It's meant to be super I, important. I, I always eat breakfast after radio. I think it's it's too early for me to eat. True. I didn't eat breakfast here. this morning either, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll, forgive you, I'll forgive you, I suppose, because I didn't actually eat breakfast right. this morning either, but I'm going to. Okay. okay the point to. is, there's a reason for my question. The point is, today is actually National Cereal Day. <laughs> Na- like Australia's National Cereal Day. Yep. Oh, dude. National Cereal Day. Shout out the cereals. That's it. That's it. What's your favorite cereal? Ooh. I'm a classic Aussie. I'm going to say Wheat Bix. Oh, yeah, the Wheat... See, see, I I grew up on Wheat... I was a Wheat Bix kid. Yeah, you know, like Always. Three three Wheat Bix, four Wheat Bix a day. That's it. But, like, then I became an adult and I could buy my own cereal. Ooh. And I started going the Nutri-Grain because it's, like, sugary and tastes better. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So, Wheat Bix is a kid where it's, like, really healthy for you. And then when you became an adult, you decided to mix it up with all the sugary cereal. Yeah. And now now I'm back to Wheat Bix, though. Whenever I eat cereal, I go the Wheat Bix because I'm like, like, if I do this, I'm going to get diabetes. So, (laughs) yeah. I did a bit of Googling because I was, like, super curious about how, like, National Cereal Day came about, right? And get this. It was because these names might, you know, give it away. John Kellogg and Will Kellogg. Yes. Right. Does that oh, ring a bell? Yeah. yeah. Ring, ring a bell. Yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, 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 so yep. it turns out that the way cereal was created was by a total accident. Okay. Total accident, right? Total accident. So they're experimenting with different foods and they're experimenting with boiled wheat, uh-huh. right? And they're just mucking around in the kitchen doing whatever they're doing. <laughs> and they left a batch out overnight. Uh-huh. So they come back the next morning and they go, oh, okay, well, let's just taste this and see if it's any good. And they were like, yeah, we can we can roll with this. So then they tried doing it with corn. So they left corn out, they boiled it, they left it overnight, they came back the next day, and that is the start of cornflakes. Of cornflakes. Bam. Of course, John Harvey Kellogg, he was like a really impressive like health food specialist oh, yeah. and surgeon and whatnot. He was a gun. Yep. But yeah, and then so they just leave cornflakes out. And then what? Do you know why they started eating it with milk? No, they just, I don't know. That, that, just, that just eludes you. They're just like, one day they're like, this thing that we drink, what if we put it on this new dried grain thing, <laughs> cereal? Yeah, we just soak it up with something? Or? Man, that's awesome. Oh, now I'm hungry. Sorry, we'll it's, have to wait. It's all right, it's all right. Of course, this is why you should eat breakfast. Yeah, I should. This is why everybody should I eat should. breakfast. Of course, it, shout out to you. It, it's 7.13 a.m. in the morning. If you're not in the car, if you're at home eating breakfast, shout out, because you're doing like, you're doing right by your body. 
body. You, you're filling yourself up with nutrients and goodness. And doing the nation proud. Awesome. For National Cereal yeah, Day. Yeah, National Cereal Day. That's it. Yeah. Oi, if you if you're if you want to tell us what cereal you're eating this morning, <laughs> text us in at O four nine one zero six four six six nine. Tell us the cereals you're eating. We yes. just we just want to chat with you. We're these, you know, cool hip young people. We, we were kinda boring. We both only had wheat picks. Somebody out there has to be doing something more yeah. creative with their cereal than be, we are. May, maybe maybe hitting up the Cheerios. Mm. Maybe hitting Cocoa up Cocoa Pops. The Cocoa yep, Pops. Yep. Oh, if they're feeling a little bit a little bit sugary, a little bit sweet. The Cocoa Pots or the Fruit Loops. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know, though. I feel like people would be into Cheerios and maybe... What's that stuff? The the Special K? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Special Brand. K. Brand. Oats. Yeah, hit us up. Tell us what cereals you're eating. Yeah. Yep. All right. What else is going on? So, I was scrolling through Facebook. Oh, as yeah. I classic. Do, you. As, you know, youth takeover. Right. So, <laughs> I saw something super interesting and I was like, oh, I have to tell you about this awesome. So, all right. what kind of phone have you got? I'm asking you all the questions okay, today. I've got a Samsung Galaxy S8. Okay. So, if you were looking to upgrade your phone, Samsung have just released a brand new phone and this one is a little bit different to the other phones they've had. They've gone uh-huh. for something a little bit out of the box uh-huh. and in fact, this is a foldable smartphone. A foldable a smart... A foldable smartphone. So, it is a flip phone, right? They're, oh, they're bringing yes. back something from the 80s yeah, and the, the 90s, bringing back the phone. old oh, stuff. I don't think the 80s and 90s, more like early 2000s. You that reckon? Was, that was the real flip phone era. That oh. was the... Did you know, like, the Motorola Razr? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My sister had, like, two of those or three of those before they went out of fashion. And, like, I think... <laughs> then after that, it was, like, the hip tops and the web sliders. Yeah, so they tried to make phones... You know, when they first came out, phones were huge. Yeah. Mobile phones were huge. And yeah. then they got smaller and smaller and smaller, and you can get a tiny flip phone, but yeah. now they're getting bigger and bigger again. Yeah. And Samsung have released this phone, and it's a flip phone, but it's a screen, right? So it's yeah. a smart flip phone. Yeah. So you, it looks like a normal Samsung, like uh-huh. a normal size Samsung, and yeah. then as you fold it open, it turns into two screens connected. So it's one giant screen about the size of a little tablet. Okay, so I, I was thinking, because I think I've seen some photos, maybe not of this one, but of other ones where the screen actually bends. Yeah. Whereas this, this one, the screen bends or it just flips over? Screen bends all the way out. The screen, all the way the, flat. So the yep. screen yep. itself, where the pixels are, yep. are bendy. Yeah, so it's like a that solid is... screen. So it looks like a tablet, but it actually folds in half. So just that imagine grabbing wild. your iPad. Imagine just grabbing your iPad and folding it in half. So if I took this iPad right here in front of you that controls our microphones and I you know, folded that in half. That's what it would be like. I mean, that might not be a good idea, but yeah, yeah you yeah, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm going to try my best not to But here's, to, the, here's to the thing, though. Okay. Here's the catch. The catch. Double the amount of screens, right? Because you've got a screen on the front, and yes. then you open it, and you've got two on the inside, right? So yes, you, it's yeah. double the amount of screens. Oh, you comes with so double the amount of price. Wait, so you've got a screen on the front, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're holding so it looks a phone, like, yep. and then you fold it out, and then you've got two screens, but then that screen on the front is pointing outside now. Yep. Wow, that kind of seems wasteful. I think it turns me. off. I think the front screen must like turn off when you open yep. it up. Okay. Yep, so then you've only got like, oh, okay. the two screens. Well, that would make sense because Samsung, like my phone has this thing called the always on screen where it's just, as you can see, like it's turned off, but it's yep. still showing like time and the date and Battery some power. Of my yeah, yeah, notifications. Yeah. So I think the front screen would just be an always, always on screen mm. and then you just fold it open and then it's got the legit screen. The legit the, screen. The real screen. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Ah. Oh. Well, you know, it sucks to be me because I'm like locked into this 24-month contract and I'm like, I'm actually finishing up. I think it's September this year. I'm keen to get off it because it's like the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> how much do you think it would cost? Give me, give me a guess. Okay, I pulled up the price here, but how much do you think okay. this new foldable smartphone would cost? 
I'm going to say 1500. Ooh, keep going. 16. Up. 1750. Ooh, keep going. 1899. More. 1950. You're getting there. 1960. Two grand. $2,000. $2,000 for the newest foldable Samsung Galaxy. Seriously, like, I could just go and buy a car. You could, well, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> actually, good story. Shout out my car. Um, so I'm driving a car that's owned by the church. Yes. And we bought it for 500 bucks. That's like a quarter of this phone. Yeah, that's like a quarter. <laughs> I could have. I could either have a f- foldable flip phone, a foldable smartphone, or <laughs> or I could have four. 2000 model Toyota Camrys with two months rego <laughs> and um, balding tires and um, yeah and oil leaks. So you know what? I think I'm going to take my chances with the the, the, the Camrys. You're going to stick with the car Camrys, yeah, because you know like you like your phone. I can't, I can't drive a phone. Fair enough. I remember there was a classic thing when like the new iPhones were coming out. It's like oh, a new iPhone for a thousand bucks. It better take me. You know, when I put it on flight mode, it better take me on a holiday or something. <laughs> but man, it's seriously like two thousand dollars. Two thousand okay, dollars. So my flights to Ethiopia cost like fourteen hundred bucks. Oh, so whoa, a, f- a phone. <laughs> oh yeah. man, this. I is will not be getting it when air travel costs less than. Your new phone. Like, and especially air travel literally to the other side of the world costs less than a phone. Then you know you're struggling. Mm. You know you're struggling. Well, oi, hey, if anyone out there's listening and they're planning on buying the new foldable Samsung flip phone. Scheduled for launch April 26th. April 26th. If you're going to be in that line, give us a text 0491064669 and tell us about it. Oh, man, that's that's awesome. All right, right now we have Grego Pillay with Brighter Days.
Welcome back to Faith of Ham. <laughs> okay. okay, so old habits die hard. Sorry. And I'm like, so um, Gemma has the iPad sitting in front of her and that controls the microphones. I'm sorry. And um, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, yep, got to turn the microphones on because I usually do that every time I'm in hosting. Yep. But uh, I, I got to empower Gemma. You control it. I'm apologizing though because I forgot again. So I'm really <laughs> glad that you, you know, the self-control this kicked is, in and this you is, wanted to do it because I actually a, forgot again. This is a team effort here. It is. It We're really doing is. An amazing job. All right. Kane, next question for the clue. Okay. Uh, qu- clue the question. <laughs> next clue for the quiz. Clue got, for the quiz. Okay, you've right. got it. Are you ready? Yep. Saul's curse fell upon Jonathan because he ate some of this. Ooh. So what is it? So it's it's a food. It's edible of some kind. <laughs> it's yeah. a food. It oozes out of the ground. We already know this has been sold twice, has been yes. involved with this thing. If you know what the answer is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. You will get a prize. People, get in. Get a prize. We love you. It's going to be an awesome prize. Yeah. All right. Some current news. Oh, this is this is we're gonna we're gonna put on our tinfoil hats right now. Oh, okay. We're gonna get into some theories. Not necessarily. There's a little bit of conspiracy, but for the most part, just just theories. I'm, I'm uh, down for a good conspiracy. You're down for a good I'm, conspiracy. I'm there. Let's, oh, let's do man, it. That's awesome. So basically, um, today or over the last couple of days was the fifth anniversary of the disappearance of flight MH370. You know about this, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. the Malaysian Airlines flight um, that took off on, on March 8th, 2014. So today in, in 2014, um, you know, it was a six hour flight. Um, taking off from Kuala Lumpur and, you know, going to, to Beijing, um, and it never landed. Uh, it was about 40 minutes into the flight, uh, the plane diverted course and the radars were completely cut off, um, and it crashed somewhere in the ocean, and they've been looking for it ever since. It has been, uh, it is known as the single most expensive underwater search in history, Whoa. Um, and they have failed to find it. Still, after after five years of searching, they've never found the MH370s, and there are just a couple of theories, and we're going to go be going through different theories that have come up, you know, along the timeline of from when the plane crashed to where we are now. What have people hypothesized and mm. come up with and said, okay, this this is this might be the answer. So initially, we know that this is the sort of the facts that, we, that it flew for 40 minutes from Kuala Lumpur, from Malaysia, and then after 40 minutes, it diverted uh, course south into the into the southern Indian Ocean, um, and then it completely cut out. And we assume at that point it crashed crashed somewhere. Mm. Um, so. After failing to find it, you know, immediately, people were searching hardcore. They couldn't find this plane. The first theory that come up was what was called the Northern Landing Theory. And what that theory consisted of, essentially, was that, um, you know, with the flight tracking, the the civilian flight tracking, the transponder that goes directly to the tower, Mm. you know, in the different airports, um, it cut out after 40 minutes. But... Um, military radar could actually see that as it, it diverts south, you know, after this 40 minutes, but then there was a small diversion to the north. And so for a while they were investigating this theory, which has actually now been disproved that it headed north um, and actually went like up 
towards India. And they looked a little bit and they said, okay, no, there's no way this is possible. How was it disproved? They disproved it because they never found the plane right. up, near, up near India. Well, so they were they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll okay. like, okay, no, this, this no doesn't work. Then. Okay. Then in 2015, this is probably the most accepted and the widely regarded as probably true. Mm. The, what is called the mass hypoxia event. This is the this is the big one. This is the big theory. There's some words here. What essentially um, what essentially is going on? Okay, so of course um, parts of MH370 have washed up um, across East Africa. They found a wing, I believe, different parts of of the wing, um, but they've never found the plane. Um, and I think the big the biggest speculation that comes up is like, okay, there's 239 people on an airplane, and they just crash and disappear out of nowhere. Mm. How were there no signal flares? How was no one, you know, yeah, calling nobody, out? Yeah, nobody tried to yell for, for help. help. Like- um, and of course, the big conspiracy theories come out of this. People say, oh, they were intercepted by the government. One of the ones that I've heard is um, the that, oh, there was like 20 Chinese scientists on board who were fleeing China. Yes. And um, yeah, the Chinese government like shot them down, <laughs> you know, and or they, they landed on some secret like spit of land, some secret, super duper secret Island, you know, in the middle of the ocean where, you know, the Chinese scientists were keeping the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like the the island version of Area 51. Right. Like, so some some gnarly theories. But, okay, one of the most accepted one, um, and actually that uh, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, the Australian... Transport Safety Bureau and the Malaysian government they are sa- they say that this is the this is the current official theory is what call is what's called a mass hypoxia event so essentially um, something happened on the plane mm. maybe a fire maybe whatever something ma- went wrong something, something went yeah. something went wrong and in in that case um, you know usually the, the air malfunctions mm. so what they then do is they they drop down the the masks. Yeah, you see it in movies. All the oxygen, t- yeah, the, masks the, ma- the ma- down, oxygen yeah. masks. The next, the theory is that the oxygen masks were working. There was some damage or malfunction, and everyone went unconscious. Mm. And they flew in an unconscious state on autopilot um, until the plane ran out of fuel and crashed. Okay, that's like that's like the that sounds pretty plausible. That's like, pretty I plausible, believe that. right? Yeah. Like so, so everyone just gets knocked out. The plane just flies. Um, and the reason why they say it's they lose signal and they fly until the the plane crashes is because this massive event, whatever it may be, that mm. that, that malfunctioned the air also cut out the radar. Okay. So there was like a complete radar cut mm. out. They just fly unconscious until they run out of fuel. The plane crashes yep. somewhere in the ocean. Um and that and that's it. That's that's what that's what happened. Um of course, you know, there's been lots of struggle with this theory, though, because that suggests that the plane landed somewhere in the Indian Ocean near Western Australia. Right. Um, and they set up a search area of, like, I think it was, like, 25,000 square kilometres and then extended it to 125,000 square kilometres of search area, and they never found the plane. Hmm. So, there's a problem. still, like, yep. big, big problems with, with this theory. Okay, the okay next one, super gnarly theory. This is what's called the deliberate course theory. So, the, the, um, the, the captain of the plane, his name was uh, Zahiri Ahmad Shah. Uh, Ahmed, sorry. Ah, Ahmed, good Ahmed. Job, I struggle, struggle yep, with yep. the names, but uh, we could just call him Zahiri. Um, essentially, Zahiri pulled off one of the most gnarly murder-suicides of all time. 
That's that's like that was. This a th- is the theory. This is a theory oh, that came out in 2016 by U.S. investigators. Um, they actually went and they went into Zahiri's house and did some searching, and they found that in his personal flight simulator um, had been a simulated route that points straight into the southern Indian Ocean. Oh, wow. Okay, it's here we take, go. That takes off from Kuala Lumpur and then turns into the southern Indian Ocean. Whoa. A simulated route. So, this has led people to believe that this is Zahiri fellow. The Captain Zahiri mm. is some, you know, ma- rampaging murder-suicide dude who... So that so people have speculated. Okay, so how did he divert the plane without the co-pilot or any of the of the or the, any of the crew? You know, saying something. Um, apparently, he did the classic. You know, mass hypoxia, turned off the oxygen, put his own oxygen mask on, and everyone else went unconscious. Right. And then he proceeded to fly the the plane into the ground. Um, yeah. So that's big theory. Um, of course, people have tried to disprove this. His family and colleagues have said, oh, "Of course, no." You know, they're, they're like, "No way!" This guy, he loved his life. He was a great guy. He, um, it, it doesn't comment here on whether this guy had a wife and kids, but it said, "Yeah, his family." Like, no way. Like, mm. there's just there is just no way that this would have happened. This whole rogue pilot, you know, rampage, murder, suicide. No way. Um, of course, more, more, more theories have come up since then and and different things but essentially we still haven't found the plane still missing today it's either in the bottom of the ocean or in chinese island area 51 (laughs) if you have an opinion (laughs) if you think you know where the plane is give us a call 1-800-324-843 or shoot us a text on 0491-064-669 we'd love if you got some inside information if you know what's up you know Send us some stuff in. Let us Love know. The theories. Let us know. Of course, now we have Josh Cunningham with the old rugged cross. We'll be back after this. On an old rugged cross on a hill long ago. One without guilt, without blame, and for salvation of souls, for the sins of the world. That's why my Savior was slain. Won't you look to? Oh, rugged cross See Jesus Confess His name And say, Father, forgive me I know that I'm lost You'll be found That old Laid in the tomb, but death over him had no claim. 
before Jesus was raised So that all might be saved Believe and break Free from sin's chains Won't you look to everybody you listen to faith fm 87.6 8718 or 88 right across australia and joining us in the studio this morning is donna horn donna welcome to the show hi <laughs> now donna i'm super excited to have you on the show because uh donna and her husband brad are somebody that you hear regularly here on faith fm even though you may not know it because they are otherwise known as Stones of Eden, and we've been playing some of your music, but we have some awesome, exciting news that we did announce just the other day, that you have just released 
uh, your first album. So we've had one or two songs that uh, have been recorded, but now we've got an entire album from Stones of Eden. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Yes. So just to get us started today, uh, Donna, I wanted to, uh, to ask, you know, who is Stones of Eden? Well, that's my husband and I, um, Brad and I. Um, we, yeah, we're just a husband and wife with kids. Just, yeah. Um, we just like, your average, your average yeah. Aussie uh, family, couple of kids, two boys. Is yes, it? two yeah. boys. Uh, we, before we met um, six years ago, we just we wrote our own songs, and I played a little bit of guitar. Brad was learning guitar for a few years, and. Then yeah, we met f- from opposite sides of the country. Off so Brad from West Australia, you're from you're from over here. <laughs> yes, so uh, we met, and I've been praying. I want someone who can play a guitar, and I got I finally got that <laughs> prayer answered. And um, yeah, then we we just started writing more and more separately, mostly, um, and then we've started writing some together as well. But most of our songs, like on this album, are they're just they're from personal experiences. Um, sure. We've written them at a time in our life when we were going through exactly what's in that song, and that's how we were feeling at the time. And so, yeah, any song on that album you listen to he has come from the heart and from real experiences. And we want to share that with other people so that if they are going through a similar experience, they they're not alone. Like they can connect with that song and think, oh, that song is me today you know sure. and yeah. I think this is one of the things that gives your music special power is that it's not that you've just sat down and uh, with a pen and paper and like I'm going to write a song this evening and uh, what should I write it about well maybe I'll write it about this or that or the other but it's actually come from um, exactly what you are going through at that time which is yeah. real life experiences and in real life people face challenges don't they definitely and yeah. uh, you'll face your, your fair share of challenges um, and you know maybe we should maybe we should talk a little bit about um, your life journey just just very quickly uh, because you haven't always been a Christian have you no I I wasn't a Christian until I was 25 Um, it was a while ago now Um, yeah I grew up in a home complete opposite more witchcraft I suppose and fortune telling and all that sort of thing and um, but something didn't feel right and eventually a friend who um, has Seventh-day Adventist beliefs and has some family that Seventh-day Adventist, um, yeah, he tried sharing things with me and I wasn't interested. I said, don't talk to me about that or I won't speak to you. I just wasn't <laughs> interested at all. Um, the devil was at work for sure. <laughs> but my first marriage, it kind of fell apart and... Um, I just, in my friend, I seen this passion for for Jesus that I I just it just drew me in. Um, I'd long to have that sort of passion for something, and I'd seen people at youth camps when I was a teenager, and you know they'd have their hands in the air during a song, and I could just see that passion in them, and it sort of brought me back to when I was a teenager and saw that passion in other people, and I went, wow, that's what it is. And I thought I, I would I would really love that. And um, my friend bought me a Bible for my twenty fifth birthday. It was my first Bible, and he said, "Try reading um, Matthew, the book of Matthew." So I started reading that, and just basically instantly, I was having some problems moving from Queensland back down here to bit family. And there's just so many prayers answered, and it was all about patience and just waiting. And he just kept saying, "Just." leave it in God's hands 
and he will open a door for you. And lots of doors were being closed in front of me, but in the end, I was blown away. And I thought, how can I not believe in this God who he's showing me so clearly that he is there? And it was just amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, fantastic story. Praise yeah. God. So in the midst of all those challenges, you've met God and God has transformed your life. Now, yep. you've got um, your, your oldest son has some uh, challenges at times? Yeah. Uh, he, Ryan has, um, he's like level one, so high functioning autism, um, ADHD. There's a bit of Tourette's as well, so he gets some ticks and things, um, which is our biggest struggle at the moment. Um, and ODD. So, yeah, it's a challenge. He's just that's hit quite high a list. school too. <laughs> <laughs> and he just hits high school. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's quite a list. So to be able to, uh, you know, to deal with those kind of things in your life and, you know, um, um, to be a singer-songwriter and, and a mum and, and you, you're obviously a, a busy person and I think some of us sort of look on and go, how does Donna pull all of this off? <laughs> but um, praise God that you have. Tell us a little bit about Brad. I understand Brad, you know, he didn't grow up in a Christian home either. Is that right? No, he's got his own story too. Um, I, was, I was hoping to get Brad in here today, but he had to work. I know. So maybe another with time. Short, with short notice, it's hard to get him in here. Um, yeah, yeah uh, maybe on one of his audios one day we could get him in. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he didn't grow up in a Christian home. There kind of was a bit of belief there, I suppose, where my family didn't have it at all, but um, they didn't go to church or anything. Um, but yeah, it was actually through his karate instructor that he found God. Like that's unique. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. Yeah. you don't always find an evangelistic karate instructor. Yeah, but. and he was. Um, yeah, he got into a lot of things he shouldn't have as a teenager, and um, at like twenty was when he found God basically through a, his karate instructor in a place he never imagined he would find that. So, and yeah, he guided Brad just so well and sort of. He, he he did studies with him personally for like about a year before he even took him to a church. Wow. Like he wanted him to have some knowledge and grounding yeah. before and that relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's got his whole story as well. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get ready one of these days to share his story. Now, were both of you? You're both singer songwriters. Yes. Did both of you do singing songwriting before you came to God? I didn't even know how to play a guitar before I found God. That kind of happened just after I started to believe it, yeah. Um, now, this is one of the things, yeah. and I'm just going to toss this out there. <laughs> this is one of the things that I see as a benefit of Christianity, is that Christianity encourages um, creativity in areas, and particularly in areas like music, and it, and it creates an outlet for it that is often harder to find you know, outside of Christianity, because within yes. Christianity, you've got an outlet for it Every week you go to church and you can sing and you can play and you can bring your instruments and you can be involved and even if you're just standing there in the congregation making a random joyful noise like I do, <laughs> you can be a part of it. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if you're not in that community, you don't have that uh, that, that, that regular um, exposure to it. So, so you, you didn't even play a guitar before you I came. I tried. My brother plays guitar but just and just by ear he's not trained or anything but um i'd tried as a teenager picking it up and doing it and it just didn't click i just couldn't get it but then at 25 yeah my friend who brought me to god also played guitar and he just showed me a few chords and 
on my own one day I sat there and I had the three chords and I played Amazing Grace and it just went from there and in two weeks later I wrote my first song oh wow yeah it just it just kind of hit me really quick and I, I believe that was from God yeah yeah because it just it came so quickly yeah okay so what about Brad he plays Brad, as well um, well I've been praying for a man that played guitar right yep. <laughs> for uh-huh. years yes. so four years before we met he'd started getting lessons and doing and was learning guitar so he only did that later in life as well uh he didn't really sing um at all like only just a bit of play along with his guitar so he knew where he was up to sort of thing but he didn't sing until he met me and i gave him the courage to actually sing so (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic what a great story and now you've got your own album out yeah these are all how many songs have you got on there there's 15 15 songs that you guys have written together that's that's, and and i must say that i have uh i have always been a fan of uh of stones of eden um ever (laughs) since i first came to the maitland area and and heard you guys sing and by the way i'm just gonna put this out there just because i can if you'd like to hear stones of eden live then just come along to maitland church because most weeks they are there at least as a part of the worship service, if not uh, sharing a special item, them, item themselves. So Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church, 72A Brunswick Street, just putting it out there. If you are anywhere in the Newcastle, Hunter, Port Stephens area, um, even the Central Coast, yeah, come and join us and, uh, and uh, enjoy the worship that we have there on a Saturday morning. But... Um, Okay, so tell us about this. You've got 15 songs there. That's a fairly decent-sized album. Yes. Um, and they're all ones that you've written from your own experiences. Now, you talked about writing songs separately from each other. Are there songs here that you've collaborated on where you've gone together? You know, we're going through this together. We're going to write this song together. Or are these things where it, are they all just, you know, your personal time, your personal meditation, and, uh, and, and it comes to you? So the first song on the album, River, is one that we definitely sat down and wrote together while we were visiting Brad's brother in Queensland, Narang. There was like a creek in his backyard, basically. And in our song, that's the river. Um, Yeah, it was a big creek. (laughs) And it was just beautiful and peaceful. And so that song we wrote there together. um, Whereas there's other songs where, like, Brad may have started it and said, can you write a bridge for me? Um, And I'd write the bridge because I like writing bridges. (laughs) Um, And there's songs, there's lots of songs that he's written separately and there's songs where I've written separately. And all the... on each one, like even on my some my songs, I've come to him and said, you know, some of them are written years ago, like they're really old and they needed to be revamped. And sure. so I, yeah, Brad had helped me reword things because they were too wordy and and yeah, so we we so helped just each other. You perfect each other. Yeah, yeah, perfect each other. Yeah, yeah, he helps me with the words and I help him with the the melody and things. Yeah, so we kind of complement each other. Each other. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Praise God. Um, can you tell us about, in the whole album, what's your favourite song and why? Oh, wow. Oh, I don't really have a favourite. It depends on my mood, I suppose. Okay. Because yeah. they've all got a different feeling and they've all come from a different place. So sure. it depends if I want an upbeat song. Um, if I want a really upbeat song, there's one that Brad wrote called Back This Way. And it's just so upbeat and happy. Like It's a good, it's just a really And what, what inspired him to write that? Um. Oh, it's hard for me to answer that question. I need, I um, did, we need yeah. to have you. I need to have Brad here to answer that one. Yeah, it's basically about like um, 
I haven't really thought about it. I, just, I sing it, but I haven't really thought in depth about it. Um, but, you know, when you're sort of feeling like you're sort of getting distant from God, you know, back this way you will come. Yep. And that's what, yeah, it's about coming back to God. But it's it's just got a really happy feel to it. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay, so what's the creative process like for you? Do you, um, do you write... Do you write like a? Do you write out all of your words like a piece of poetry or something or other, and then try and put a tune to it, or do you start with a tune? Oh, I've never written a piece of music. I don't even know how this works. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. It's like, how does this whole thing work? It depends on the song. Um, there's sometimes where words will come first, and there's times where I'll have the sound, the melody and the, the chords and that first, and then I'll put words to that. So it really depends on the song. Yep. If it's something I'm experiencing right now, like the song Falling, um, it's a very, probably a darker song. I was just feeling really, um, really down about, you know, how, you know, some there's times where you try and reach out to people for support, um, even people like you think are friends, but you know they've all got their own problems as well, and they might shut you down without even realizing. And it just made me feel like, well, realize that you can't just rely on people, you know, because they're damaged as well. The only one we can rely on 100% is God, mm. and um, that's what the song "Falling" is about. Is about all those dark times when you're reaching out for people, you're screaming out to people to help me, but no one's helping you. But you turn to God, and He's there. He's there to help you. Yeah, praise God. That's yeah. fantastic. That's that's, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, and very quickly. Um, your families, so your background is probably closer to, you mentioned, to Wicca. Um, and Brad, you know, he comes from a, a family that has very little belief at all. How do they respond to where you guys are at spiritually now? Um, I think it's taken, I think they're getting used to it. They're much more used to it these days. Um, so they were confronted by it earlier on? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Even when I first sang in church, one of my own songs was the first time I sang in front of anyone. Like my mum wouldn't come to watch. Um, it was it's, 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 like my family didn't come to my baptism or anything like that. So it's been a real struggle. I was a single mum at that time too, and it was really hard. I didn't have a lot of support. So that's where some of those songs have come sure, from. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's been a, it's been a challenge, um, but. In the end, God has been there for me the whole way, even when I could not see or hear him. That's where Where Are You has come from. And that was basically, the song about Where Are You has basically come from a prayer of me. It just came out of my mouth, like, where are you when I cannot hear your voice? Where are you when I cannot feel you close? That's a part of the chorus. And that was literally a prayer of me yelling out to God, where are you? I don't know where you are. I can't feel you. I can't see you. Like I'm lost. Help me. Um, I'm getting emotional. Sorry. No, that's right. This is that's, that's good because this is the this is the real story right here. Yeah. So um, it's been a real challenge with family, but in the end, you know, we've got gods. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pass some tissues down to the other end of the table. No, it's fantastic, Donna. We really appreciate you coming on on the radio and being and being real and being yourself and sharing a, a story that. Um, that and, and being vulnerable uh, because it adds so much power to the music and I think this is one of the things that I like about your music so much is that as I mentioned earlier it's not just you haven't just sat down and said oh we're going to write a song today what will we write about oh we'll write it about this it's it's an experience that you've gone through and an experience that you've gone through with God yes and that's um, and that's what makes it uh, particularly powerful uh, we are out of time but uh, very quickly how do we get hold of the Stones of Eden album probably the easiest way is through Facebook um, we have a Stones of Eden page on there um, 
we're not sort of it's the easiest one for us we're not overly tech savvy or use all the media but um yeah that's definitely the easiest way to contact us yeah okay so we'll get a we'll get a link up for that on our social media so that you can uh, get in contact yep. and uh, and download the album it's, it's available online you can download it's it. all available online now and all the you know, all the different things itunes Spotify, everything. Basically, we didn't, yeah, we ticked all the boxes, so it's on everything. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll have CDs hopefully in a few weeks. Fantastic. All yeah. right. Donna, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today. Thank and you for we wish you me. all the best with uh, the new album. And you can look forward to hearing a lot more of Stones of Eden here on Faith FM right now. We are going to go to uh, this song break. We'll be back uh, right after the 8 o'clock news with the Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM.
exciting news. You heard it first right here on Faith FM. Pastor Blake, what is happening in Raymond Terrace? Well, our church is having the grand opening of our brand new facility. Awesome. When is it? 9th of March, 2019. And it starts with breakfast at 9 a.m. And there's going to be waffles and everyone's invited. Whereabouts? 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace, which is just beside Raymond Terrace Marketplace. Be there. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life.